I'm Shelly Collins. Hi, and I'm Cam Gott. And this is Translating ADHD. So today's episode is really just to introduce you all to us, to talk about why we are doing this podcast. And yeah, so (laughs) it might be a little rough. This is our very first crack at this, but we really do want this podcast to be different in that it's conversational. So bear with us and our blips and mistakes, and it will probably get cleaner as we get more practice under our belt. Right, Cam? Yes, I think so, Shelly. I think that anything we do gets cleaner as we go forward. So (laughs) we've got to start somewhere, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, Cam, you brought up a good point that you wanted to start by sort of introducing us and our relationship to our listeners, provided we have any listeners. So why don't you um, take it away there? Sure. Well, I know my mom's listening. So there's one. Hey, mom, thanks for listening. So, uh, you know, I think we're going to provide a lot of context here with the sense of when we talk about who we are and and, uh, our relationship to each other and to ADD, and then the purpose of this podcast, and it kind of be this sort of organic thing. And I think that um, Shelly and I are both adults uh, living with ADHD. We both have a diagnosis. We're both... um, uh, managing our ADD to, to, to the best of our ability and, and being successful in the world. Uh, we're both coaches. Uh, Shelly's more in the realm of uh, time and, and productivity and organization. Um, I'm more in the realm of leadership and getting things done. Um, but we are both ADD coaches, and we both are kind of fascinated with the a process with process and change. And um, I think that there's a lot that we can share with you uh, so you can do more. Um, you can work smarter. You can work um, more strategically. And I think that comes to, um, we have sort of a three-tier process that we're going to come back to, which which sort of underlines or underscores the title of the podcast, Translating ADHD. Before we do that, I want to add on to our areas of coaching because we came to a really interesting conclusion when you and I were discussing who we really coach. And we discovered that while we have different areas of focus, we both tend to start working with a client at the point where they know they can't keep going the way they're going. Right. Exactly. Um, it's often where, uh, adults who in their mid forties, uh, maybe a little bit younger, uh, mid thirties, excuse me, uh, to mid fifties where they run into a wall, right? That what was working is no longer working. And, um, and they're, they're, they're ready for some kind of change. Um, and they acknowledge that the ADD has something to do with this dilemma. So, Absolutely. You know. And so I think that's a good segue into our process. But before we dive into that, I want to speak a little to where the concept and the title Translating ADHD came from for me. Uh, last April, I gave a talk to a room full of professional organizers, and that's my background, ha ha ha, person with ADHD being a professional organizer. And the topic was time management for ADHD clients. 
And the interesting dilemma I had here is I was trying to help a room full of neurotypicals better understand the ADHD experience. I literally had to attempt to translate ADHD. And the takeaway I had from that, not only was that successful for the neurotypicals, but there were several people in the room who have ADHD or think they might have ADHD. And those were the people coming up to me saying, wow, I understand so much more about my experience after your talk than I did before. Like, I really learned something about what I go through every day. And that made me say, I think this is something this population needs. And I think it's something that no one else is doing right now, right? And that kind of speaks to the cause and effect thing we're going to get to in a little bit is we tend to focus as professionals, many professionals in this industry, many articles that come out tend to focus on solving the effect. So we know what the effect is. I'm late. I'm not managing my time well. I'm not organized. And solutions tend to focus on that without looking at what's the real cause here. Right. The, the that, and, and the, experience of having ADHD actually inhibits our ability to get to cause. That's the sort of the double whammy of having ADHD is that first of all, it's, it's, there's a struggle. There's a struggle with, um, you know, being at effect, right. Or kind of, um, the analogy I like Shelly is it's like, um, you're, you're in the wake of your motorboat, right? The motorboat, uh, providing a large wake and making the buoys and the other boats uh, shift around. And we're often in the wake, right? Kind of feeling the effects uh, of the experience, but we're not in the actual experience um, of and, and causation, right? So we're fascinated with, you know, how are those waves made, right? Yeah. And, and the ADD connection. And ADD, or a, and I use them interchangeably, um, I mean them one and the same, it's ADHD, that having ADHD actually you know, puts a veil between the waves that the boat makes and the actual boat. So translating ADD is really being able to understand and get into the boat, understand how it does what it does. And then we can start to make these important connections and links between cause and effect you can start to build bridges there. That's another fascinating thing with ADHD. And I like to say, you know, the, I, uh, I, uh, um, uh, I, I joke with my clients is like, well, this is, you know, the difference between delusion and ADHD, right? Is that with ADHD, with consistent effort and looking at this stuff, we can make a change. Uh, change is possible and what we put our attention to grows right? This is about neuroplasticity in the brain. And even though our attention system seems at times all over the place, when we put consistent um, focus in an area, we can make gains there. So around understanding ADD, around owning it, and eventually translating it, if you put time and attention here, you can see, you can start to move the needle. And this is why we do what we do. Yeah, so let's dive into those three things. So our our process here is, and now I've lost it again, our process here is understanding it, owning oh. it, and then translating it. Right. And Cam just spoke to how those three sort of work together. So for today, we're really going to focus on 
understanding it and why that is the first piece and why we can't get to owning and translating without understanding, right? And understanding is really what, Cam? It's awareness, right? So, yeah, it's, it's awareness and it's, and it's, and again, it's this um, conundrum of having ADD. It's, it's not helpful to have ADD to understand ADD. No, it's really not. Right. I see you're laughing over there. Sure. Uh, yeah, because that's the that's the irony. Uh, you know, I, having ADD is a paradoxical experience, right? You want to understand this thing, and yet the thing you're trying to understand is inhibiting your ability to understand it. Absolutely. And we talked about this in our preliminary conversations. The fact that in the ADHD population as a whole, we kind of see this umbrella of ADHD, right? Where everything wrong in a person's life gets sort of blamed under this umbrella without really differentiating, right? What's really going on here, right? And when we're looking at it under an umbrella and we're just calling it ADHD and we're not getting any farther below the surface in that, how can we get to better solutions? We can't. Right. The thing that's going to be different here is that it's, it's not about full or complete understanding. And this is a common mistake that people make is that they have to have full and utter and total understanding of their experience. Then go to full and total ownership. Then go to full and total translation. This is really about doing some um, you know, shallow dives into some areas that you can understand, then own, then translate. And so this is with with uh, understanding something with depth and nuance, using a skill that we want our listeners to develop. And, and I would call that the distinguishing skill, which is actually a coaching skill, right? To distinguish. Um, ADD has us kind of default into a binary approach to things, right? All or nothing, um, very black and white. And so I think that's the first place where we start is we've got a, the opportunity is to notice that step back and uh, exercise uh, distinguishing, right? To kind of consider different situations. Um, and I just want to step in and give an example of that binary thinking. That's that uh, everything's amazing or everything's awful, right? So with those of us with ADD, we tend to live in this way that when things are right, they're so right, right? We're killing it. And then when things are wrong, everything's wrong and life is killing us, right? So either we're killing it or we're getting killed. And we really struggle to find that middle ground where it's okay to not be killing it, but it doesn't mean we have to be getting killed. Exactly. Um, we're going to spend a lot of time with, with some looking at processes um, because you have ADD impacts in all areas of our life, but we're looking at this cognitive level around, around executive functions and how they come into play. But when you think about executive functions, they, they have to do with uh, initiating task and um, sustaining effort, uh, focus and attention. Um, and a big one is emotional management. And so all those can either, as you said, like all in, we can kill it, and they're working together seamlessly, right? And we're kind of holding that constellation together for a little bit of time or a lot of time. And all of a sudden, you know, the next day, 
for some reason, we cannot cobble together those pieces to kill it. And we often go the other way. Right. Uh, right. And, and for me, when I'm getting killed, it's always the emotional dysregulation that is like the cherry on the cake, right? I don't know if that's a female with ADHD thing or if that's an everyone with ADHD thing, but man, those negative emotions come in and just take over the entire dialogue in my head, right? <laughs> and make me unable to do anything, right? I can't even see where it's possible to be successful, even though I was successful yesterday. Right. I, you know, I don't know if it's a, I, I, that's an interesting concept. I, I've, I work uh, sort of equally, maybe 60, 40 men to women. And so I see it in, in, in all of my clients. Um, not, not necessarily all, uh, right. That, that, emotional management goes both ways in the sense of it can be too intense or not intense enough. Right. You're right. And, I never thought about the not intense enough because I'm always on the too intense side myself. Right? Sure. Sure. But you're so, right. Well, one of the big complaints in, in relationships in personal relationships is he's distant. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, he's not, he, he's not, you know, he's, he's not invested. Right. Or it doesn't seem like he cares when it could be a, a, an emotional management aspect there, uh, which comes into play. The but that's a, that's a great example of understanding, right? Because if we take he's distant and we go straight to, okay, what are the solutions for that, right? We're missing that whole middle piece where there is an opportunity for both the person with ADD and the spouse to better understand where that comes from and to better understand also how unintentional it is, right? It's not that the ADD spouse is intending to be distant, right? but there is something in that person's brain that operates differently and creating that understanding creates a much more powerful solution for that couple. Right. And the term we like um, around that is, is this the value of awareness, right? It, to kind of pause in that moment to, um, because it's, it's often when someone says or thinks he's distant or he's being distant, it is a rapid uh, movement to some kind of an opinion on that, right? The observation, he's distant, therefore, you know, he doesn't love me or he doesn't care. And then, we get into um, not informed awareness, right? An awareness that is informed by very limited information, again, in the wake. And if we pause there and kind of look at, okay, how's the ADD coming to play here? How could the ADD be adding to the mix? Remember, it's not all or nothing, right? That's the first thing that I think the big learning today is to question or to challenge that notion about, um, the, the all or nothing, right? I think that might be even the, the field work that people go off with is to kind of just pause and consider, okay, uh, Shelly and Cam are talking about that it's, it's not all or nothing. So if it's not all or nothing, right, it invites this curiosity and this exercise around distinguishing, right? What is and what is not ADD? Um, but, but we like... You know, we'll kind of mix together understanding and this idea or this concept of awareness, 
right? That is, what is it that we want to be aware of? What's not useful awareness? And to distinguish the two. Um, that's another thing I think that's important, Shelley, to, as we, as I think about a challenge with respect to ADD, it's around, um, you know, what do we do in the world? We're, we're either thinking and feeling or we're doing, right? And, and that's sort of our modes in life. We're kind of our, we're these, these, we're these organisms that think and feel, and then we do, we behave, we have behaviors. And what's interesting about ADD is the, we either kind of, again, all in, we get immersed into doing and not really thinking or feeling there, or vice versa, we get into big, pensive thinking, reflecting, which may not be positive, right? Like, again, when the intense emotions are there, and it could be the whole woulda, shoulda, coulda thing, but it takes us out of effective doing. Right. And that's another fascinating thing about ADD is that it, we really kind of get stuck in this awareness, thinking, feeling place, or stuck in not informed uh, action. And I really like a term that you've used in the past. I use it with almost all of my clients to describe that unhelpful awareness, and that is acute awareness, right? The idea that this is not awareness that is helpful. And the metaphor you shared with me was that of an old TV set, a really old TV set, right? One that has what, three or four knobs on it. And taking that TV set and taking the color knob and the saturation knob and cranking them both all the way up, what's going to happen? The picture is going to be completely distorted, overblown, too much color, too much everything, right? And that is acute awareness. Can I, can I interject? Sure. Because my, my uh, you know, and, and again, it's, we're, we're, we're doing this learning with each other, right? And my, my learning has shifted here. And may I make a distinction between acute and unhelpful? Absolutely. Is that all right? I, I would love it. Because my needle's changed on that since we've talked about since that. Since we spoke about it. So, so inform me. Is that all right? More, more like, content to steal from you later. I like there it. There you go. <laughs> um, so th so I, th I think there's a distinction between unhelpful awareness and acute awareness, actually. And I think that if you go back to the, there, there's uh, three states of awareness um, that I see, and maybe now a fourth. <laughs> um, so uh, contemplative, right? As Shelly and I said, the, people are, you're tuning in to this podcast because you want to create positive change right? And you suspect that ADHD is inhibiting that ability to change. Um, and so we're going to be, you know, get a little giddy, get a little, we get a little excited about process and change because that's what you're trying to create. That's what we do with our clients uh, all the time is to help them facilitate positive change. So one place to begin is to sort of understand the power of awareness and the different types of awareness. So what you're talking about, Shelley, is this unhelpful uh, awareness is absolutely very real, right? And it kind of can keep us from contemplative awareness, right? This place of, oh, I really need to make a change, right? Unhelpful awareness is kind of one of those sidetracks that we go down with self-doubt, negativity, our, when our self-confidence is not feeling well, you know, who am I questioning? Right. Uh, 
Right. But there's working memory stuff going on there because we're not accessing who we are. Right. So we're just this big void and we're like, right. (laughs) What a bummer. Right. Um, And so that's kind of like a pre-contemplative is that state of not knowing what you know. Right. It's not knowing you. There's an opportunity for change. And so I think that unhelpful awareness is that sidetrack that keeps us in pre- pre-contemplative, right? We're, we're not in that place to contemplate our options, our choices, or how to move forward. Kind of get stuck in this uh, vortex or whirlpool um, off to the side and in, you know, self-blame or victimhood or, right? Are these narratives or stories that we tell ourselves to kind of keep us over here and away from, okay, what's really going on? Um, acute awareness for me is it's actually acute in the sense it's painful, but it's actually necessary, right? It's coming, it's sort of like coming to terms of actually what is going on. So in the unhelpful awareness place or pre-contemplative, right, you know, my first 28 years of life, I was like in this, you know, very insulated place of like, hey, it's all cool. Everything's cool. Everything's fine. And, and I wasn't really uh, in touch with the actual pain points of ADD. Uh, meanwhile, I would, was a, you know, absolute last minute procrastinator um, coming late to the party all the time. I mean, I can tell you a story about uh, where I was like three hours I, I was for uh, my first like serious girlfriend in college. Uh, she was absolutely livid with me when I finally got to our date, and she was livid because when our date was starting at noon in in uh, Potomac, Maryland, right, which is outside of D.C., I'm an hour and a half away in Baltimore buying really white shoes. Now this is like mid eighties. Okay. So we did white shoes, white, white tennis shoes. Okay. But I remember those white tennis shoes and getting them muddy on the trail on the Potomac trail. And I couldn't understand why she was so upset. You know, I mean like, I didn't get it of like, Oh, you know, expectation or obligation or commitment. And that process to how do I line it up so I can be successful and meet that obligation. Um, but that's a sort of a coming to terms and an, an, an acceptance piece that's part of this whole acute awareness. It's a, there's a little bit of pain here in order to get through to the other side. Is That's my point and a long-winded explanation around the difference between unhelpful and acute awareness. Yeah. So first of all, I loved that story, <laughs> white shoes included. But it sounds to me like you've come to a place where acute awareness now means or now that you've sort of separated it from unhelpful awareness it's that place that we were talking about that our clients come to us i can't keep going the way i'm going life is now painful enough that i know that i cannot keep going the way that i'm going right and we can have uh, we can be adverse to perceived conflict i was just talking to a client this morning about um creative guy entrepreneur he also works for a large tech company around in, in project management. 
and how any perceived conflict, he would turn away, right? That doorway into any kind of like, oh, that's hard or that's not interesting. It was this sort of just veer away and avoid, right? This avoidance um, pattern. And what he's been doing recently is like, just like, huh, let me, how can I turn in or open that door? Because that acute, that, that pain is actually uh, just a transition. It's a fascinating thing where if you can just transition through that, get on the other side, it's actually very beneficial and very positive. And I think that's a, again, if you have this whole notion that we're going to dig into about the concept of um, informed engagement to um, positive outcomes, right, to, to positive completions and how to get, get through that acute awareness pain portal to the other side. A pain portal. Pain portal, yeah. <laughs> but it can be brief. So I kind of want to sum up where we're at so far, if that's okay. So we talked about our process, right? The idea in order to translate ADD, and we'll get more into what that means later. First, we have to understand it, and then we have to own it. And understanding is all about awareness. Yes. We talked about sort of four different stages of awareness, right? We have this unhelpful awareness where distorted thinking lives, where we're in the black part of black and white thinking, where self-esteem is low. The void, I think Cam said, I really like that too. Then we have pre-contemplative awareness, right? The place where we don't yet know that there's help that we can find. Right. Then contemplative awareness. That's the point where clients typically come to us and they typically get there because they went through the pain portal of acute awareness. Is that right. a good summary, Cam? Yeah, and I think we're we're finding our roles here, Shelly. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know about you, but I think it would be helpful since we're sort of sending our listeners out into the world to think about awareness. Maybe it would be helpful in the last couple of minutes here to spend some time on curiosity and how that can be helpful Mm. in building good awareness. What do you think? I think it's great. And I think that, you know, again, the all or nothing approach is often we will, we will put our eggs into one basket. Um, And, and we will often put our eggs into one basket with regards to motivation, right? That, because of that glitchy activator sustaining sustainer, right? The effort sustainer and getting things done because of that dynamic attention system, that fallible working memory. um, We will, we are masters at utilizing urgency to get things done. And urgency lives, you know, it lives down in there in the um, sympathetic nervous system, deep in the limbic. It's that fight flight center and we are tend to be masters of activating that in order to be successful right we do everything in panic yeah right or what's absolutely necessary um there's someone out there again who's coined the term you know time we see time as it now and not now right very two-dimensional approach or, or again all or nothing approach to time um and so curiosity is when we talk about process and change and, and helping our clients be successful, it's not just about making plans. I think this is another, uh, if, if I could just do a little side shoot off to, um, to clarify what coaches do, 
right? We don't just make, help people make plans um, and design um, strategy. Uh, it might seem like that. And I think it's, it's out there that it seems that that's what coaches do. Coaches, um, we're, we're looking, we're curious about motivation, right? What motivates this individual and what matters to them, right? Because there's a real close correlation between what matters and, and, um, <clears throat> and motivation. Um, so we're looking to diversify motivators. And curiosity is a wonderful tool that kind of gets us away from this sense of urgency, um, moves the signal out of the limbic into uh, other parts of the brain, um, and where inspiration lives, right, where creativity lives. And it also is helpful for a very important um, practice in your day, which is the pause. Right, it's the it's the stopping and just breathing, and that that contemplation, that reflection of, is there something to be aware of here? What am I aware of? Am I in, am I in this unhelpful awareness? Right, just acknowledging that, and under our areas of understand, own, and translate is to have that understanding of, oh, you know, I'm here, and well, how do I move over to contemplative awareness how can i shift out of of unhelpful yeah and with my clients i often then challenge them to retell the story in their head or out loud from a curious perspective right because if we're curious if we're truly curious we can't have self-judgment and self-doubt and negativity they don't exist in a curious space right Right. I mean, and it's, and, and that's not, so that's not woo woo BS, right? It's really not. It does sound very woo woo BSE, but it's really not. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's neuroscience. The, 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 you cannot, you know, just try this exercise out is that um, you cannot have negative emotion and curiosity at the same time, right? Just like you cannot attend to more than one thing at a time. Um, the brain cannot attend to more than one thing at a time. So it's a matter of rapid shifting, which again is one of those mechanical elements that breaks down with ADD. Um, but we can exercise that and, and um, make that pivot work better. But you cannot be curious and also be fearful in the same moment. They live in different parts of the brain, and that's you can actually exercise that to move to curiosity. And a great way to be curious is to question. So what we as coaches do is we listen, we're curious, and we ask relevant questions. So to ask relevant questions of what's got my attention? What is, where am I in effect? Right, like, what's the waves like? What, what am I get? How am I getting washed here, right? Or rinsed, or you know, and 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 I wonder about the boat. Like, so let's let's go to the boat and see what the boat's doing to create this, right? Having curiosity about this concept of cause and effect. The other thing, I'm just gonna like go, you know, 
nuts here, Shelley, for a moment. The other thing is don't expect to have big changes overnight, right? Your ADD wants to have a solution yesterday. And don't fall for that BS. It's like it's a process. Um, allowing it to, to, again, just a slow nurture here that, that actually – and I don't also mean to say it's going to be super slow. I'm not saying that either. Just saying don't have expectation that it's going to be like, oh, it didn't work, Cam. What the heck? <laughs> it's interesting that you bring that up because I often, but the one area that I find myself pulling in the reins on my clients as somebody with a background in productivity, time management, organization, is my clients with ADD are incredible at coming up with these crazy, complicated systems, right? They go to Michael's and they get a planner and they buy washi tape and colored pens and highlighters and they'll spend three days putting together their new time management system. And it's, in theory, a really good system, right? It, and it's beautiful on top of that, right? Because we've got the washi tape and the markers and the highlighters. But the challenge isn't in creating the system. The challenge is in maintenance, right? No system organizational productivity wise is going to work without input and interaction from us. And that is the point in which those of us with ADHD struggle. And every time I tell a client that they get this, aha, right? Because we don't realize that. We think if we can get the right tool, right? If we can get the right system, then then we're good. We're off to the races, right? But it has nothing to do with the tool. So if you're a person that chases tools, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm going to encourage you over the course of this podcast to stop chasing tools and start chasing habits instead. Right. That, and um, it's a distinction between destination thinking and journey thinking, right? Or there's some magical, there's some magic bullet, there's some magical solution that I haven't thought of that I, I just need to find this and it's going to complete the picture and everything will be fine and I can move on here. And so part of understanding ADD and owning it is recognizing it is, um, con it's continuous. It's about continuous learning. It's embracing that we're on a path of development and, and, and appreciating processes at work. The, the other thing you illustrate there, Shelley, was about, again, the breakdown between uh, informed uh, engagement, right, or informed action, like going out and that's a great example using the, um, the calendar, right? They build the calendar and then they're, they're, they're not successful. It's like, oh, well, you know, let's throw it out and, and start over again. But if they use it or elements of it, like what elements of that, of that practice were useful? that that engagement informs new awareness. And what we want to have our listeners appreciate is start to make the connection between kind of in this awareness or understanding, I want to say awareness, excuse me, awareness and, and, and having this knowledge base and then our, the practice that can inform that. And we want to toggle back and forth and that, is an, that's another process that we're going to get into because that's exactly where ADD uh, inhibits or um, you know, breaks things up.
right? It likes to separate those two out and we don't go effectively back and forth between those two states of thinking and reflecting, building new awareness, and then applying it into our next action or engagement. Right. To put it really simply, we are really good at throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And what we do with our clients and what we hope to do here on this podcast is to help you get better at not doing that, right? I always tell my clients at the end of every session, no matter what their action is, whether this goes really well or really poorly, there's going to be something to learn, right? So give it your best effort. We will learn something here. And the learning is the important part not the action itself. Right. I think we're getting to the end of our time for today. So Cam, anything you want to add before we wrap it up? I I think we've shared a lot. And uh, I think that we'll probably be coming back to a a lot of what we said today. But I I think this is a good start, Shelly. Yeah. So if you're a little overwhelmed, just know that everything we talked about today will eventually get broken down into smaller episodes. So if you feel like you're not quite following yet, just stick with us because we will dive into all of this on a more individual level. In the meantime, our website is translatingadhd.com. I'm Shelly. And I'm Cam. Thanks for joining us.